truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number here to the Blaze. That's 888-900-3393. You can always let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Just email us there, steve at stevedace.com. That is the email address. And by the way, muchos gracias, a little Spanish already on, on today's show, nice. uh, to all of you that are sending me your your pumpkin spice recipes or things you're noticing that are on sale, uh, pumpkin spice related. I mean, I'm getting a lot of, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of, uh, of duplicates, but it's best to send, if you're in doubt, send them to me anyway, lest we risk me missing uh, a, a key pumpkin spice component. All right, so yeah, I'm getting a lot of of, of the same ones, but I'd prefer you err on the side of caution by sending those to me nonetheless, just to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm getting all of my pumpkin spice options in there. So thank you for emailing those to me. You can email me about other stuff as well, but the pumpkin spice stuff, thank you. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show, and the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. It is a Wednesday. That means you've got two things you can count on today. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will begin our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold. Actually, no, we won't, because there's a question you need to ask me from yesterday, right? Yeah, a holdover is. question yes, that, I, that I need to answer. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question first that we ran out of time on yesterday's program to answer. I'm going to answer that question first, and then we're going to have some buy, sell, or hold uh, when we may tackle a plethora of, of topics. That's always a ton of fun. And, and we like to have that fun because on a Wednesday because we're also joined on Wednesday by our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz uh, from Conservative Review. He will be taking us inside politics a little bit later on, so we'll be talking to Daniel then. You know, most people love their cell phones almost as much as they love their hamburgers, but if Kamala Harris and Democrats like her get their way, you might only get to keep one of those. According to her, the government needs to reprogram you to eat certain foods in the quantities it deems appropriate so that we can stop so-called climate change. Though Patriot Mobile can't cook you a hamburger, uh, they do give conservatives a voice, both literally and in preserving our great nation. While big mobile phone companies subsidize leftist causes, Patriot Mobile is the only mobile phone company donating to the causes that you believe in. And with plans starting as low as $25 a month right now, you can get nationwide service with U.S.-based customer service for a limited time. You can also buy the Moto Z3 Play for only $10 a month and get one free when you activate two lines of service. That's that six-inch screen, expandable storage, the high-quality camera, and more. Switching is easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze. patriotmobile.com slash blaze or call their U.S.-based team at 877-367-7524. 877-367-7524. You'll love speaking with patriots who passionately believe in freedom and the Second Amendment and the sanctity of life just like you. patriotmobile.com slash blaze and now here's aaron with what happened while we were away no 
No bull. Michael Jordan hints he'll return to the court, this time as a Washington Wizard. Extensive coverage in this hour. There is something in the air. 8.01. Let's get to the top news stories of the morning. For that, we turn to Ann Curry. Because now we have a camera. Katie Mattinell, thank you so much this morning. Good morning, everybody, again. For the second time in two weeks, the U.S. has lost an unmanned spy plane over Iraq. For additional tax cuts... He sure has. In fact, if you can believe it this morning, he's already been asked about it before dawn this morning. He was out jogging. Reporters said, how about more tax cuts? He said, I'm not going to talk about it now, but he did hit. He might talk about it later today. Now here's Tom Brokaw with a look at what's coming up tonight on NBC Nightly News. Thanks, Ann. Tonight, three numbers that could save your life. 911, 190 million calls each year, but you won't believe the problems we find. It's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Gumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know if it was a commercial aircraft. We don't know if it was a private aircraft. We have no idea how many were on board or what is what the extent of the injuries are right now. We are, uh, we have, I understand, an eyewitness on the phone right now. Sir, sir, good morning. This is Bryant Gumbel. Could you tell, could you give us your name? Richard, hold on just a moment. We got an explosion right, so inside. Tell us what you saw. The building's exploding right now. You got people running up the street. Okay. Hold on, I'll tell you what's going on. Okay, just uh, put put Winston on pause there for just a moment. Okay, while the he... whole building just exploded for more. The whole top part. Okay. The building's still intact. People are running up the streets. Uh, am the... I still connected? Winston, this would support probably what Libby and you both said that perhaps the fuselage was in the building that would cause a second explosion such as that. Well, that's what just happened then. That would that certainly yeah, people are it looks up. Like, um I we're getting word that perhaps Okay, hold on. The, the people here are everybody's panicking. All right, what Winston, you know, Winston, let me put Winston on hold for just a moment. Okay, I don't know don't... how much longer we're staying. I'm inside of a diner right now. Well, Winston, are... you know what? If you could give us a call back, I just don't want to panic here on the air. Let's just uh, take some of our pictures from News Chopper 7. Now, one of our producers said perhaps a second plane was involved, and let's not, let's not even speculate to that point, but at least put it out there that perhaps that may have happened. Uh, the but second explosion yes, would certainly deal. back the theory from a couple of eyewitnesses that the plane yes, 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 perhaps yes, 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 those must. other buildings. We're looking at a uh, live picture from Washington, and there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. It would appear that there has been another major explosion, this one in the nation's capital. You are looking at a scene of uh, apparent blast aftermath. There is smoke in the air over the Pentagon. We don't know whether this is the result of a bomb or whether it is yet another aircraft that has targeted 
a uh, symbol of the United States power, but there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Um, this is coming at 9.43 Eastern Time. The president right now is on his way back from Florida. He had gone there for an educational event. In a brief remarks, he said this was an apparent terrorist attack on our country. We do have a couple of reports, one from AP, one from Reuters, reporting that an American Airlines plane was hijacked, that a United Airlines plane was hijacked, supposedly one of those two planes hijacked out of Boston. This At is this as close point, as we can Pentagon, get to the base the of the World House, Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. When I took the call over, there was a soft-spoken, calm gentleman on the other end. He told me that there's three people that have taken over the flight. At that point, I asked him his name. He told me Todd Beamer. He was from Cranberry, New Jersey. When he wanted to pray, was your sense then that, that he knew that? Yes, I did. I felt that he knew at that time because he had said, oh, Jesus, help us. And then he said, Lisa, would you recite the Lord's Prayer with me? They're all heroes in my eyes. They really are. They all pitched together, and they did what they thought was the best thing to do at that time. And um, I feel that Todd played a great role in that because when he told the guys, are you ready, I assumed that they were waiting on his cue. Then they responded to him, and he said, okay, let's roll. We get down probably another half a floor and the building collapses on us. It's what was that like? I mean, did, did you know what was happening at the time? You know, the building was falling, and I more or less thought, you know, that I was dead. You know, it was just a matter of seconds now. Did it get very dark all around you? I'll be honest, I closed my eyes. You know, I closed my eyes, basically, and just you know, hope my family thought well of me and that, uh, that, that it, was, it was all over. I want you all to know that America today, America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here, for the workers who work here, for the families who mourn. This nation stands with the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. I can hear you! I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. So let's answer that question. Have we forgotten? And let's, let's answer it by looking at what's transpired over the last 18 years. In the last 18 years, we've become an open borders surveillance state that imports is Islamic radicalism willingly to our shores. We assume people coming from those countries, we give them the benefit of the doubt. While with 
unprecedented monitoring of our own citizens, we presume at the same time, any of us could be a criminal, a terrorist, a, a little old lady, TSA has to have her take her, uh, you know, if she's got a false hip, because we can't profile anybody, of course. So um, we just, you know, if you've got any kind of metal in your body for any kind of reason, you know, because you, you might be 85, um, you're treated and presume that you could be a threat to the United States. But if you want to um, emigrate here, or just show up illegally from a country that is known to harbor Islamic radicalism and terrorism, you'll be given the benefit of the doubt and maybe even elected to Congress. In the last 18 years, we've seen one major political party and its media allies increasingly adopt the anti-American, anti-West, anti-Judeo-Christian rhetoric and ideology of the attackers, while the other major political party has increasingly capitulated its promised opposition to this trend. In the last 18 years, we have stripped our education system. It was already it was already a vault of indoctrination before 9/11. But whatever last remaining morsels of passing on our legacy to the next gen- next generation our public education system had, we stripped it bare of those and instead we have now raised up a generation that fears Israeli quote occupation of their own land and uh, quote climate change more than Islamo fascism. In the last 18 years, we have devolved our foreign policy. We're having the same exact simpleton debate right now. We have devolved our foreign policy to a simpleton debate between maybe we need to be a permanent mall cop or let's, uh, let's cutting and attempting deals with fiends in places like Tehran, Pyongyang, or Hamas headquarters. The worst of both worlds. Both of those solutions have proven to be colossal failures for the American people. In the last 18 years, though, we have killed far more of our own children, willingly, wantonly, and proudly, shout your abortion, than the combined forces of Islamofascism could ever dare to fever dream with an invading armada. We did it ourselves the last 18 years. Let's continue. To summarize this series of observations. Over the last 18 years, we have incurred more debt, foreign policy failures, and cultural rot gut, all the while eroding the rights, protections, and freedoms of our own citizens. In other words, we learned all of the wrong lessons. That's what I think. Todd and Aaron, you've got the floor. Now that I've sort of set the stage here, your thoughts. Todd, I'll begin with you. Wow. Um, you and I um, have been sharing the same sort of lament, clearly, without having talked about it at all com- before coming in here. Uh, I've been pondering this uh, for the last two days and, and how exactly uh, to put it into words because – Set 9-11 aside, for, honestly, I, I forgot. I mean, it was September 10th before I remembered, oh, yeah, tomorrow's September 11th, you mm-hmm. know? But really, this is what it, every day, really, this is the point of our show right now, w- what you just addressed, mm-hmm. that we learned all the wrong lessons. And, and I was certain after 9-11 as... 
a man uh, uh, about to get married. So I was in my late 20s that uh, it would be impossible to learn the lessons. And I learned a lot about my faith, about human nature. uh, But as time went on, that uh, total depravity, how far down total depravity in fact uh, goes. Going forward in terms of uh, transitioning from the, and this is what I meant a couple of days ago when I said uh, the transition from the year of no BS to what we formally become in the next year, uh, it, is, it is incumbent upon us to, to never ever pull a punch, to truly be unafraid uh, to stand in the breach, uh, as, as William F. Buckley once said, uh, standing athwart history, yelling stop, if not now, when? Otherwise, the spiral into chaos and decadence will truly be one of the great, great laments of all of human history because never, ever will something will be in a nation, A, so gifted, and B, so reminded of in a way like this, of that which we are gifted of, and to throw it all away. Aaron. Ben Franklin, uh, no, it's no secret that he was, uh, let's say, one of the more hedonistic of, of the founding fathers, and yet even he said he has confidence that God governs in the affairs of men. And um, we often think of that in the context in which that was said, that was asking for God's guidance God's provision, God's hand at the outset of the Revolutionary War. That is a double-edged sword, though. Um, If a sparrow can fall to the ground and God knows about it, there's no doubt that God knows and is in control when an empire rises. I think the other edge of that sword is that God is sovereign when empires collapse. And as kind of perverse and maybe subversive as this sounds, what you just laid out, as tragic as this is, as tragic as 9-11 was, as tragic as the lack of lessons, as you pointed out, that we have learned, we should take solace that God's hand is upon us. Maybe not the way, maybe not the way that we would prefer or the way that we would like but uh, might be a pat on the booty instead of a pat on the back. Is that what what, you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, We should know that he is involved. Um, Again, maybe not the most pleasant way, but we should know that God is in, God is in control. Is he sovereign? Is he God? Or is he not? Is he sovereign or is he not? And uh, again, in times like this, conversations like this, that's not exactly comforting, but he is sovereign, and that is that is the lesson, at least that I have taken away from this uh, the last ten minutes or so. That this this is, you know, for better or worse, he governs in our affairs, and you know the laws of sowing and reaping. Again, those cut both ways. You know, you look back on that time period now, and I d- I did some of that last night and this morning. Because I was in the same boat you were. 
it, it just dawned on me 48 hours ago that 9-11 was coming up. And I went back and looked at some of the events that transpired during that era. In, in the immediate aftermath after, following, once we got done pulling bodies out of there. And some of the way, some of the events that transpired in the years that followed. And Aaron's too young to remember this. You were a child when all this was going on. But we, if you're Todd's, Todd's age, my age and older, we should have seen the signs of what was coming. We should have seen the signs. I'll give you, I'll give you some examples. Um, do you remember when the when the, the uh, they they got a bunch of survivors and and their loved ones to try and essentially partisan sue the White House? Um, uh, there was there was that was a big news story for a while. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, they should have saw this coming. It was some kind of malfeasance. Um, it was in this era that the View debuted as a television show. And one of its original hosts, Rosie O'Donnell, used to go on there and air all kinds of 9-11 conspiracy theories, um, uh, you know, on a, on a regular basis at that period of time. Does the name Cindy Sheehan ring a bell? Sure. Um, Cindy Sheehan was, the, was a mom who tragically lost her son. Uh, I want to say and it was in Afghanistan or Iraq. I don't remember which one. But uh, with the aid of the media, she went on a national tour to essentially uh, deconstruct um, our war effort in the time that followed. Um, We immediately launched the surveillance state. We immediately, um, you know, you learn that Republicans can limit the judicial review of of the courts because they did uh, in the Patriot Act. They limited their ability to review certain aspects of that legislation, uh, which is why until um, there were whistleblowers that came forward to say, Hey, here's what's going on. There weren't any substantive court challenges to take on the notion of a surveillance state because they limited judicial review in the Patriot act. And then they don't do that in almost anything else. So when they want to presume that each and every one of us could be a terrorist, they are perfectly fine putting the courts in a box. But when it comes to um, maybe defending us from actual terrorists, you know, one, one judge gets to issue a universal injunction that says we can't secure the border. Guess, guys, we can't secure the border now. Shucks, we tried. These are all things that occurred in the years after. Um, the, the terrible way that that the Bush presidency defended the war effort when the media and the Democrats went into full campaign mode after they lost in 2004 um, and lost the country. Maybe because they didn't have the heart to defend their own mission. If that was the case, then get the hell out. What, what, are, we, what are we still doing there then? Do any of these themes sound familiar? Something bad happens to the country the citizens are presumed to be, uh, are not given the presumption of innocence or the benefit of the doubt. But uh, those who come from cultures and places that would love to do these sorts of things to us, they are. And if you won't go along with that, of course, you're a bigot. 
um, your your Republican Party has no real uh, opposition to this. In fact, really, in his second term, the only thing George W. Bush fought for was amnesty. That was really the only thing that he actually fought for. They were going to do Social Security reform for about 10 minutes. And Charles Grassley and a bunch of Republicans said, that's not going to happen. They're going to defend marriage for about five minutes. And John McCain and some Republicans got together and said, that's not going to happen. And so, I mean, all we did was descend into a quagmire in Iraq and, you know, try to do McCain-Kennedy amnesty that Bush was a big fan of. That was his entire second term. And while he's beating his base up for not going along with amnesty, of course, he's still being called racist, misogynist, xenophobe, right? Getting no credit whatsoever, none. Um, while he is suspending the free market in order to, free market principles in order to save the free market, uh, he is still, you know, um, uh, going to war in Iraq so that his uh, uh, buddies at, at Halliburton, uh, you know, we're going to war for oil. And so to enrich Dick Cheney and his buddies. I mean, 15 years later, they put out a movie last year with Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. They still are, they're still hammering this trope. And these people haven't been in office for more than a decade. Does any of this sound familiar? Aaron, any of this sound familiar to you? I mean, you weren't paying attention to any of this stuff when it was going on. You were a kid. Does any yeah. of it, it parallels to what you do every day in your job now, though, as a grown it's, man? It's Tuesday. How did we not see it, Todd? And I, you know what I think it is? I think we thought that this was just politics. And in the end, we'd come together when faced with the right threat, right? Is that kind of what we thought? That maybe we didn't want to truly understand we lied to ourselves. We didn't truly want to understand what the American left would like to do to the country and just how wholly and totally inadequate, if not enabling of it, the Republican Party is. Well, I didn't understand, the, and this is what I talk about human nature, the, the gated community effect that I talk about. I, I thought that it was almost automatic that the rhythms of history would simply kick in and uh, the, the melting pot would the, meld the, together. The, right? wrongs, yeah. the wrongs would be righted. And that's why I say when I didn't know how far down human uh, nature will crawl and how much I learned about my faith, uh, th the devil dug in all the more. And we just stayed on cruise control and, couldn't, and could not be bothered uh, in many respects. And uh, I look back on the way I used to argue and I uh, always uh, enjoyed it, uh, have been pretty uh, good at it, uh, not arguing for argue's sake, but about things that matter, but still how I, how I missed, how I, I just did not understand that when existential things are at stake, it isn't the default of people to naturally just kick in. It all, it, it, it's it's that, that small band that, uh, that, that uh, Leonidas and his mighty 300 Somebody's got to ante up. The founding fathers, uh, whoever they may be. Twelve ordinary men. This is why, hey, and this is why, if I may, I wore this today. I got it on my birthday. And there's signs of hope everywhere I talk about. You wonder if you're doing any damn good. You really wonder. The, wor the words you say, the words you write, whatever. Well, my daughter's bought me a t-shirt. Steve, could, can you read it? Because Yeah, I just because it. you are one man and they are many doesn't mean that they are right. You know, 
And I was like, give me a burning building. I'm going to make sure if I'm not wearing the shirt, I'm hanging up. Because at least in my own home, I didn't ask for this. My daughter saw a quote. It wasn't even on a T-shirt. And they said, we got to get a T-shirt for dad. And Steve, I think you've, yeah, right there. I always love that. Daddy, we love you because, and you've got notes from your three daughters. It starts there. They recognize it at home. And then you just keep going. It means that much. This is why we've got only a few spots left on this cruise through history. This is why Glenn Beck and, and a lot of the VIPs here at the Blaze are doing this next year, is to, is to try to go back and, and, and recover our history, our, our lost legacy. All right, so the good news is they're adding even more entertainment to this trip. The bad news is, I said a minute ago, though, that uh, it, it's, it's darn near sold out. So if you want to take advantage of this, all right, you want to see the birthplace of our republic, commerce, our, our faith, uh, that inspired our founding fathers with the idea that under providential blessing, man could rule himself with divine accountability. Where did this thing we call American exceptionalism, where was it born in Greece, in Rome, in Jerusalem? If you want a part of this all-inclusive trip, it includes all the airfare, gratuities, time is running short, all right? Go to the website, visit comesailaway.com to learn more and to maybe sign up comesailaway.com is the website to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime cruise through history at comesailaway.com. More in a moment. If you're thinking of taking advantage of a booming real estate market with mortgage rates falling right now, make sure you sign up with a real estate agent that you can trust. All right. That's why realestateagentsitrust.com was established because Glenn Beck and some of his associates, they too had run into some real estate agents who talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the results as promised when they were needed the most. So that's why they want to help you no matter where you live or how you're accessing us today across the country. I want to help you to find a real estate agent whose successful track record has been fully vetted, who has demonstrated they understand a marketing plan other than let's do another open house this Sunday that three people will show up at. And, also have proven they understand what professional courtesy means. They return calls, messages, texts. When they promise you, hey, I'm going to do my very best to give you a 30 minutes heads up if I've got somebody that's interested in your home that's in the neighborhood. And and this is now the third time they've called you and said, hey, we're just a block away. Do you mind if we swing by here in a few, right? You're looking for a real estate agent that you can trust and you're going to find them right there on this website. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the site. One more time, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. So before we get to buy, sell, or hold, yesterday, Todd, you asked me a question. So just to re refresh this, uh, Pop Culture Tuesday yesterday, we talked about Ryan Johnson, the director of Star Wars The Last Jedi, uh, daring to say that the backlash against his film is, is similar to The Empire Strikes Back when he as a child was saddened and surprised by its, 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 its totally different temperament from A New Hope. And, and he thinks that if you just grow up a little like he eventually did, you'll like The Last Jedi. Now, I was one of those kids that wasn't a huge fan of Empire Strikes Back at age seven. I didn't like the idea that Luke was Darth Vader's kid. I didn't like the fact the movie ends and the bad guys win. All right. I mean, you waited three years for this. This is not what you were hoping for. And, and the older I have gotten, the more I've come to appreciate that film. And I think it's one of the finest movies I've ever seen in my life now. 
But I don't think that has that that criticism has anything to do with what's going on with the Last Jedi, and we tied it to a story the Daily Wire put out yesterday, looking at the reviews for Ryan Johnson's latest film, Knives Out, that it is an upfront uh, attack on hashtag MAGA uh, and and, uh, and and Trump voters, and they're applauding Ryan Johnson for this, which seems to indicate, therefore, that. You know, because some of the debate you and I had over the, the last few years about the the last Jedi was was in, what were his intentions? And I I told you yesterday, if you if you know, in the end, you can't deny the math, right? Two plus two is four, right? So this is his follow up film. This is the first film he's done since the last Jedi. And look at the subject matter; it's pretty tough for to continue to hold on to the argument. Therefore, that some of you who saw what you thought you were seeing in the last Jedi weren't really seeing it. Right. And I, I yes. gave you that point yesterday at the end of the show, correct? Yes. Which then prompted you to ask a very important follow-up question, which is how come I did not see this all along? Right. Yes. And it was like a minute to go in the show. And I'm like, I don't have time to answer this. So I said, ask me this question again tomorrow and we'll answer it. So you're asking me again right now, right? Yes. How did I not see this now? Now that I am admitting two years later, you were right in terms of what he intended to put in there. How come I didn't see this? I want to I want to take you to a film, another film that I saw recently with my wife, and I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this for everybody, okay? But um, it, we've had a bit of a stressful time in our family recently. You know, we've had this laid back kind of homeschool environment. Now we got this kid who's got to be up every day at 7 a.m. and at school at 7.30 and he's got practice and other things. And it's just, and, and, and then, you know, the other kids going back to school or well, Zoe is and Anna as an adult and figuring out what her life's going to, just a lot's been going on right now. So Amy and I did a date night and we went and saw this comedy called Ready or Not. I would not recommend this for everybody. Um, but the film is extremely well done. And it's a it's a it's what they call a black comedy. I don't know if you can still use can we still use that term? Is that racist now? We should use okay. it. Okay. All right. But it, it meaning that it's gallows humor. Right. And so the point of this film is there's this woman who's gonna marry in to a a, a family of of renown and fortune. And they're essentially the Milton Bradley family. They 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 are the board game family in the world and they're with they're worth billions what she comes to find out though is the way that they've they they acquired this wealth is their they sold their so the, the their family's um uh our, um patriarch sold his soul to the devil like 200 years ago literally 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 sold his soul to the devil right and so part of the the the, the contract is whenever someone, a woman marries into the family or a man actually goes for husbands too. So whenever someone marries into the family from the outside, the night of the wedding, before they leave on their honeymoon, they are to get together and play a game. And, and the game they play is they draw a card. And if the card is innocuous, then they have a party. They celebrate this new addition to the family, send them off on their honeymoon, and you know what? Enjoy the riches of uh, our, our family fortune. But if the game, if the card she picks says hide, the game they're to play is hide and seek. If it's any other game, they just play one of the games the family has made. And they have fun with it. And it's a family tradition. Ha, ha, ha. Off on your honeymoon and go make us some grandbabies, right? Okay. But if the bride or groom, that's the, that's the outsider, draws the card in the game they play is hide and seek, 
then essentially um, you are to hunt them down as a ritualistic sacrifice to the devil. And if this person survives the night, then the family's contract with the devil is null and void for not offering the sacrifice. And the family, um, they're done. They're, they, they, that they then are, all, that all of the living members of the family, no matter their ages, are ushered into hell. Would, would, would you like to know the name of the woman that was married into this family? The name of her character. What do you think it was? Just guess. In the movie. Just guess. Just give me a name. What do you think it was? Virginia. Okay, that's a guess. That's a guess. Why'd you guess Virginia? Some, some something symbolic. Anonymous. Virginity, okay. Chase. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you all right. You're, you're, yeah, see, you're, you're on the right wavelength. You chose the wrong name, but you're on the right okay. wavelength. Give me, a, give me a guess, Aaron. Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What? <laughs> nice. What? <laughs> then he, yeah, then he plays it off like it was just, I, just the tip of my tongue. I just threw it out there. Todd, you're on the right wavelength. You're thinking, okay. Her name is Grace. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And she comes from a troubled family. She was in foster homes. She had drug abuse and 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 and, and um, domestic abuse growing up. She escaped all of that. She has a new life now. And she turned her whole life around um, and drew the attention of, of one of the sons in this rich family uh, who was drawn to her because of her light, he says in the movie. Drawn to her, he even says to her, I married you knowing the risk of bringing you into this family because you make me want to be a better man than I am. He says that to her in the film. Now, this film is crude and violent. At the end of the film, spoiler alert, I'm not thinking many of you are going to see this, so I'm going to spoil it for you, because if I don't, then why I chose to, to, to bring this into this conversation won't make any sense. At the end of the film... She survives. Shall I say, she perseveres to the end. That means, therefore, the family. And, and the reason she perseveres to the end is because the other brother, who the older brother that she didn't marry, who wanted to so many times stand up to what his family was doing and the fiends that they were, but in the end, he just couldn't bring himself to do it. Finally, finally, based on how good of a person he sees that Grace is, says this has to end. We've done this for centuries. I can't do this anymore. And he sacrifices himself for Grace. And his name is Daniel. Daniel sacrifices himself for Grace Grace perseveres. The family is annihilated. Everything goes up in like a massive fire, like a refiner's fire. And at the end, only Grace survives. Now, we have had this conversation about films for the last few years, like Wonder Woman, for example. Do they know what they're saying? Do they understand? 
or are they did they or maybe they're just kind of de- generically tapping into a mythos thinking that there's some really cute symbolism here but really don't get the full ramifications of what they're asserting so the allure of this film is its crudity is its violence and you're supposed to get off on that and that's the crowd it's supposed to draw but the real plot of the film is the devil's a liar only grace survives and only by the sacrificial love does that grace even appear and when it does appear it draws even evil people to it to the point they're like there's something different about you i want to be with you i want to be around you does this sound like another story to you now amy and i talked about this the whole way home there's no way that they understood this no way there's no way how did you just sit in your seat in the movie theater and not just, are you guys seeing this? You know you wanted to. <laughs> Why do you think we talked about it the whole way we home? I was, I was literally about to explode the whole movie, and the minute we got out of there, I had to talk to somebody about it. But thankfully, she noticed the same thing I noticed, so we had that conversation the whole way home. So let's take this to The Last Jedi. Everything that happens in that movie, let's say it, and I'm admitting you win the argument. He, he clearly intended this, right? Okay. So this, the scene, particularly for you as a Catholic, that really frosts you is the burning down of the relics and the traditions, right? The, the, the monuments to the faith of the Jedi, the, just burning it down, right? That, I know that's of all of the things in there, that's the one that was kind of your last straw. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, where that was now now you felt like they That was late you, enough in the movie. I was yeah, like, oh hell no. Where, where you kind of felt like, okay, are, are they doing what I'm thinking? And now yeah. they're like rubbing your nose in it, right? Yes. What happens at the very end of the movie? The books are still there. Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. What, what, so so Ray preserved preserves that legacy. And they make it a point to show you that that so I'm gonna grant your point that that is exactly what he was trying to say. Right? Especially if you tie it back to the line that he writes from Kylo Ren early in the movie. Let the past die. Kill it. Okay? But yet, one of the very last shots of that film is Ray is, is showing us that Ray preserved some, those, some of those, the most important relics of them all, the writings, the, shall we say, scripture Mm-hmm. She preserved the most important relics of them all, the scriptures. And that that's like done at a time. And if you, if you listen to the dialogue between her and, and, and Princess Leia at that time, it's like the fact we still have these is, a, is, is reassuring. Like, it's, like not all is lost. Everybody, the, the, the folks who like to point out that throughout the film, it, you know, the women take the initiative and the women show the leadership. What happens at the very end of the film? When they're at their last, last gasp as a rebellion and their backs against the wall and Poe finally now is ready to take the masculine initiative and he steps forward to lead. But the group turns to Leia because she's been the leader. What does Leia say? Follow him is what she says. Is that not what she says? It is. It's what she says. Follow him. At the end, they would all be dead, except what happens. A man takes the initiative. 
to lay down his life for somebody else, for a group of others. And in many respects, when you see the reverence, when, when they think it's Luke Skywalker, and it's not, it's a, it's a force projection, but they think it's him, the reverence they show when he walks in, could you almost say that he laid down his life for his sheep? There's almost a pastoral priestly reverence. It's like Moses just walked in a room and you're and the only thing you're wondering is did he bring those tablets with him, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty obvious now what his intentions were. I mean, when you when you look at the things that he was clumsily hinting at in The Last Jedi, and then you go to what is apparently the plot line of his new film, which is not out yet, but the critics are saying it could not be more plain and it's right in your face. It's pretty obvious you guys were right. You, you were seeing what you thought you were seeing. And yet still, still, when they are in the throes of their propaganda, they cannot escape the truth. They can't escape it. So Romans 1. Yes, no matter how they try, no matter how much, what's the last line of Romans 1? To paraphrase, these are people who delight in creating new ways to do evil and encouraging others to do the same. Is that a fair paraphrase of how Romans 1 ends? Yep. No matter that, though, they still, when totally given over to their own depraved minds, when totally doing the things that should not be done, when worshiping the created rather than the creator, right? They still cannot escape the, the imprint of the Imago Dei written and authored on their souls. They can't escape it. On their, it's it, on their consciences, on their hearts. No matter how much they shake their fist at it. In the end, Ryan Johnson wanted to burn it all down. But in the end, he just couldn't do it. And in the end, he wanted to do hashtag me too. But in the end, they're all dead, if not for good old masculine initiative. They can't escape the truth. And their own writings and their own, their own creativity shows this. And, and, and like this movie, Ready or Not, I just told you about. This film goes out of its way to be crude and, and violent. And yet in the end, only grace survives. Only grace is worthy of making it through. And you know the thing I really, really love about that? That why does that happen? I think at the end of the day, it's because... God is the only thing that's believable. Yep. I really do. Yeah, it's the only it's why the only thing we're angry that you don't believe in as much as I don't believe in it is God. No one no one is incensed that you don't love and revere unicorns as much as they do. Right? Yeah. The only tra- the only thing in this world that we truly get as violently angry that you don't love as much as, as or, or not believe in or love as much as I do is either you don't believe in God as much as I don't believe in him or you don't love my false God as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things really that we, that from a negative standpoint spur us to, to such cataclysmic actions. Why is that the case? Why? Because we can't run from it. We can't can't run you can't you there's nowhere to hide from the reality and when we are confronted with this reality we have three options the third will only work for a little while cognitive dissonance that's what you see in the last jedi he's clearly postmoderning 
the 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 Star Wars legacy. He's clearly doing it, but in the end, he still can't. He still can't go through with it. In the end, he he really wants to badly. You can tell, but in the end, he still can't get it. the old magic. Still draws him back. Same thing with this movie. Ready or not, they're really trying to deconstruct the family and white privilege and all that. They're trying, man. They're trying, but in the end, Grace who, by the way, is wearing white all the way through this movie because she's still in her wedding dress. The bride, named Grace, wearing white. And she only survives because of sacrificial love against a satanic cult. They don't even understand what they're saying. Now, sooner or later, though, the cognitive dissonance, the conscience says you can only straddle the fence for so long. And sooner or later, then, you will devolve into one of two options. A, you will bend the knee and proclaim who is Lord, or B, you will dig in your heels, double down, and shake your fist all the more. Choice is yours. Hour two is next. And we are back with Hour 2, live and on demand on The Blaze Radio, TV, and Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron and Todd are here with me. 888 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind to give us a five-star review on the podcast platform that you prefer, because the more of those we get, the more the algorithms like us and the more they like us the more the blaze does and then the more likely we get to continue to have you like us too okay so if you've done that for us already thank you very much if you haven't yet and you like what we do if you wouldn't mind taking a moment or two out of your schedule to leave us a five-star review there we would be very very grateful if you are one of millions of americans that is struggling with what's called chronic pain this is pain in the body that comes from inflammation i've got some good news for you it's one of my favorite products we talk about here on the blaze and i am a daily user myself it is called relief factor and what i love about it is a hundred percent natural even though well first of all what i love most about it is it works but i love why it works okay a hundred percent natural so no chemicals no drugs a hundred percent drug free even though it's a formula devised by doctors so these are these are professionals who can prescribe drugs, but they're tired of drugging your symptoms. They want to help your body unleash its God-given potential to push back on inflammation, and that's where Relief Factor comes in. It, it, they're giving they're so confident in this. They offer a starter kit, a dollar a day for three weeks. All right, so for twenty bucks for three weeks to see if it will work for you. And the reason why they offer it that cheap at first is because it's going to work for most of you. I think at least. That's what, that's what my own story has to say. If you want to try it as well, get the starter kit right now at relieffactor.com. Again, that is relieffactor.com. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour, our good friend Daniel Horowitz will be taking us inside politics, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. But first we begin with one of our favorite games around here. It's known as Buy, Seller, Hold. Our producer, Aaron, will put forth a set of statements, usually provided by you in the audience. Could be on any topic, might be a prediction, a proposition, a true, false, what have you. Todd, you and I will then decide, are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? Maybe if you're lucky, we'll have at least one good reason why or 12. 
Only once per show are we permitted to put a hold on anything. And if it's for any reason other than what you were asking us to comment on is even beneath our well-known mediocre intellect, then the dude code calls for you to be mocked, scorned, maybe even taken out back and scourged for punking out. All right, Aaron, go ahead. All right, we're going to start with an email this time. This is from Cameron, who says, by the 20th anniversary of 9-11, the phrase never forget will be racist. Your reaction probably says it all, right? I'm just, I'm selling today. I would buy on all other days. I'm just going to sell today because I need to. Uh, I would have said sell until the first thing I saw in my feed this morning was that the New York Times had to delete a tweet that said 18 years ago today, some planes flew in to the two towers, right? That's, That's what it said. Yeah, they it didn't is, even they didn't even do the Elon Omar thing. Some people did something. Yes, they just had some planes. Yeah, the, 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 the planes flew into a tower. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know. I mean, that, like that's why we got to get rid of the guns. Now we got to get rid of the planes. They just do stuff, right? You know, nobody's piloting them. Nobody's pulling the trigger. They just do things on their own. And it, it's what I've been saying throughout the course of this year. For those of you that don't work in media, you know, and we pointed out Think Progress going out of business a week ago. Why? Because this, this is the stuff that the, you never used to see this stuff if you're a normal American. You're not a leftist and you don't work in our industry. So you're not reading what media matters or think progress or those sorts of groups are writing or, or um, Slate uh, you know, or Mother Jones. You're not reading any of that stuff. Okay. Well, now no one is because now it's in the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. It's gone mainstream on the left now. And if we're at the point now that we're going there, you know, then the Associated Press is, is doing, you know, favorable videos of visibly showing women walking out of really nice homes because they just can't afford a kid who's 26 weeks old. And they got to make sure they get the kill in before he hits 28. And oh, what a victim she is. I mean, I, I don't know why we wouldn't do that. I, I don't. So I'll buy, sadly. All right. We'll go to Constantinos Roditis here, who sponsors but does not fund buy, sell, or hold. He says the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was pumpkin spice fruit, but Steve believes the tree of life was pumpkin spice. Also, this is a valid topic for Theology Thursday. I think it, well, I wasn't sure what we were going to do on Theology Thursday tomorrow, but I think now we know. All right. Uh, No, no. Pumpkin spice is is so holy it it's not even temptable right um i mean it, it, you know like the enemy doesn't tempt you with communal communion wafers okay uh or manna right pumpkin spice is i i would dare say set apart so i don't i don't think it's an object of temptation whatsoever i i believe it's a it's an instrument of holiness, Todd. So I'm going to sell on all of that. Constantinos, you and I need to have a talk. What were you doing, man? What were you thinking? Uh, I don't even remember. Is, is, I, I don't know how to I Do I buy or sell? Aaron, answer for me. You what? should just sell um, based on my answer. Walk away. Yeah, the, walk I'm away. doing the opposite. Hashtag walk away. I'm yes. doing the, yes, the opposite of Steve. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. Uh, speaking uh, of uh, unbridled reverence. Yeah. Speaking of uh, poking the bear, Jacob Arthur says Michigan is to the Big Ten what NC State is to the ACC, an average team that wins a big game each season but continually fails to live up to the hype of the fan base. 
I, I get the analogy, but it's it's not apropos. It's closer to Ohio State than uh, NC State is to Clemson. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. I get the analogy. I mean, the, the the point you're making isn't wrong, but the object is false. I mean, NC State basketball. It, not to mention it's had cheating scandals, NCAA scandals. Um, it, it hasn't had close to. It, it, and it, it it has had a history of success, but it's not you know an all time winningest program or anything of that nature. So, um, it, this is a tough one because I I I agree with your premise. I just think the way you um, I I bitterly agree with your premise, <laughs> but I but I don't factually agree with the object that you chose, and I'm not really sure what I would choose because I I really think right now Michigan is in a place I don't remember another team ever being in. Where you have, you're you're a top ten program in terms of win win percentage under your current coach, and you have like no significant wins. With that, it's weird. Like, well, they've had significant wins. I shouldn't say that. No significant achievements. Okay, I mean they've beaten you know they they beat Penn State badly when they won the Big Ten a few years ago, for example. You know, so they they've had significant wins. They have had no significant achievements. And I can't think of a, if you want a good example of who that is, maybe in basketball, I'd look at Purdue as actually a good example, where their program hasn't been to the Final Four since 1980. Gene Cady, you could argue, is the greatest coach that never went to a Final Four. And the last time they went to a Final Four when they had a guy who was at uh, Mike Rose or whatever, a great shooter back in the, seven, in, the, in the early 70s. And then they were great early in the early years of college basketball when John Wooden was a player, kind of like how Michigan was great in the early years of college football, right? Had some good teams in like the 60s and 70s, but never won the championship. You know, Purdue's got a lot of Big Ten titles, just like Purdue has more Big Ten titles than any program in Big Ten in basketball, like Michigan does in football, but they're just never a nationally relevant program. I think last year they made it to the Elite Eight. That's the first time they'd been there since they had Glenn D- Big Dog Robinson in 1994. So Purdue is a, a better analogy. Wins a lot of games, you know, but on a national level, they just they're just never there. That's a better analogy, I think, than NC State basketball. All right, moving on. Laura Toman says Nikki Haley will be the next national security advisor. Sell. So, I don't think she's going anywhere near the White House. Nope. I think that's why she left when she left. Was to was to leave at it. She left almost a year ago at this time uh, to to get out before before it could be blamed on she was you know abandoning them with a bad midterm election coming up I, I think it's pretty clear nikki haley is managing her own political brand so sell agreed all right jeff says buy sell or hold even if steve managed to pumpkin spice all the things collectively they would still not be better than the seasonal eggnog shake or peppermint bark buy on the first sell on the second yeah i gotta sell if you could pumpkin spice all the things first of all it would taste a lot like something that's eggnogged you know, I mean, there's some taste similarities there. And as much as I love peppermint bark, it, it doesn't line up with all the fantastical things that could be pumpkin spiced. I'm not, I, I didn't suggest, I didn't, I didn't submit these, Todd. Oh, no, I'm just I mad. didn't select I'm, them. Aaron, I, I, the audience submitted them and Aaron selected just, them. It's dis, not my fault. Just, I'm disappointed with you, Jeff. Just disappointed. That's all I can say. I, you guys are on enough. the outside here of the mainstream. And of course, this is where you point to your shirt, right? Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Hate the mainstream. <laughs> Moving on. Millennial Falcon says the top three best all time standalone, meaning never be able to be remade. Movies of the past 25 years listed in ascending order are three Napoleon Dynamite, two Shawshank Redemption, and one Forrest Gump. Sell. Yeah, I would sell. Napoleon. I mean, no. You never. Are, is that going to be remade? But First of all, said, of all those films, I think Napoleon Dynamite is actually my favorite. I'm not saying it's as, it's not as good as a film as Shawshank Redemption. It's a classic. But Napoleon Dynamite is one of the most quotable movies of my lifetime. Do you guys get the... I, that's, uh, that's, 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 my, that's my favorite movie of the movies on that list. Have you guys heard this trope that Forrest Gump is, is overrated, vastly overrated? Yes, I have heard is that. It, it, I, see, I haven't seen the movie in like 20 years. You know, so I, I don't know what I would think if I went to watch it now, you know, like, I don't know that I've been married for 22 years. I, I don't know that I've ever, my wife and I've ever actually watched it together, you know, so it, now we're talking, I probably haven't seen it then in even longer than 20 years. So I may, I don't know what I would think if I watched it now. Yeah. I remember, I remember watching it at the time in the theater thinking this is one of the most incredible movies I've ever watched and I've got to come back and watch it again and used to wear it out on VCR back in the day, you know? But it's been so long since I've seen it, I don't know what I would think if I watched it now. So maybe I should watch it again. Yeah, I've heard that as well. It's truly original. Um, it, the acting is brilliant by Hanks, obviously. And I just, I have to sell on Napoleon Dynamite's place on this list, which I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie or anything, but... I, I do agree that it, I, I agree with the notion it's not remakeable. It, I mean, the chemistry of the cast, the timing mm -hmm. of when it came out, the way it's written, you, you couldn't remake that film. You couldn't. All right, we'll move on. Derek Starnes says, Tulsi Gabbard is invited to CPAC before Steve. Bet. Bet. There was a lot of these types of ones this week. I thought this and you could, the And by one. the way, this one's legit. You can see this is getting set up now. Oh, yeah. If I didn't know any better, you're, you're being set up for her to switch parties. If I didn't know any better. Now, you still got the issue. Everybody keeps forgetting. She has some un, uh, potentially unfortunate ties to... That's a really kind way of putting it. Is that a nice way? I, yeah. I tried to I, I tried to dress this up with as much of a euphemism as I could. Problematic. Is that the right... That's, that problematic. Is the, that's the term we use in politics nowadays. Problematic. She, yes, she, she has some problematic ties to Assad. Okay? So... That's something to keep in mind. Now, the fact she's a veteran insulates her from that to some extent, right? Okay. Because yep. on one hand, it's pretty clear she's, she's close to the regime in Syria. On the other hand, she's you know, been willing to risk her life for her own country. So how do you, how do you reconcile those two impulses at the, at the same time? But if I, if I didn't know any better, I'd almost think it's being set up for her to switch political parties. Has that ever happened in modern politics, you, going well, from Democrat to Republican? Yes. It used to happen a lot. It, it, there were several of these after the 1994 midterm elections. There were several of them when the Republicans took over Congress. There were, that's when you really had the last of, I want to say Billy Towson was one, if I remember right, from like Louisiana. The last of the real moderate Democrats that were left coming out uh, it, it, during the Clinton era. There were several that switched from Democrat to Republican in that era. Interesting. 
In fact, Richard Shelby, senator from Alabama, yeah. is one of the was one of the folks who switched during that time period yep. from Democrat to Republican. Yeah. Interesting. All right, moving on. Uh, Fu Paladin says, even if a woman is elected uh, POTUS in twenty or twenty four, we will not have a first man due to either her being single, gay, he identifies F, or progressives simply pretend he doesn't exist. This person gets it. Bye. I'll buy. I'm going to sell. But not because this person doesn't get it. They do. I'm going to go back to what we talked about last hour. They want to pretend, they, they so want to jettison this. But then after she's done warning you that the Israelis are occupiers, climate change is a bigger threat than Islamic radicalism, she, Elizabeth Warren turns to her husband and says, can I get you a beer? All right? They, they can't run away. They want to. They're desperately trying to. All right? They're shaking their fist. And, and maybe the crowd outside of Lot's house would have done this too if the sulfur never showed up. Right? But they're trying you're, who, who was that that put that up there? Uh, his name is F.U. Paladin, Fordham University Paladin. Fordham University Paladin. You're right on. You're, you're, you're right on. They want to do this. They, they might even go ahead and attempt to do it. But in the end, they just, they, they can't completely untether themselves from reality. Okay? And so it won't be for a lack of want to or trying. So I'll buy, you know what? So I'm going to buy it because I agree with all of your logic and you're tracking the right way. But, but in the end, they can't escape reality. Nathan Davis says, with the way our people react on both sides, our country couldn't handle another 9-11-like event. It would crash our economy and we'd have another open civil war on our hands because total depravity. I'm going to sell because you put too many things in there. All right. Your, your premise is correct, but it goes too far. But you're, you're, in fact, you're, it's contradictory. We'd actually have to have real deep convictions to descend into an open civil war. <laughs> yeah. All right. What, 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 what total depravity puts off conflict. Total depravity, that's why, that's why we have Alamos and, and Constantinople's in history. Because total depravity says, dude, put off the conflict until you absolutely have no other alternative but to stand and fight. You still okay? got another flask of wine over here. Let's enjoy that yes. before we do anything. What would, what would far more likely happen is we could not handle it. And what we would do is say, that's why the, you know what, government save us. That is, is we would go full bore China at that point. Agreed. We're just hand me a cell phone that with with a, with a with a five G and a Wi Fi, and you, at that point, I you know, you know what? I don't want to pay for all these kids anyway. So you you take you you take my conscience off the hook by telling me I can't have more than two. So thanks. I think that's what would be more likely to happen. That's why it's revival or bust. Right. Uh, yep. All right. Moving on, uh, Christian Chamberlain says the Democratic debate on Thursday will not acknowledge or pay respect to the 18th anniversary of 9/11, and none of the candidates will mention it. Buy I'll is buy. the safe bet. I think, I think it's a safe bet. I don't think it's a guarantee. I agree. All right. I, I don't think it's a guarantee. But you would put this on your stone pie, uh, stone cold upsets, lud pie blocks, put a little uh, frosting on this. <laughs> on the money line? Yeah. Uh, it, well, Gabbard's not going to be on the stage, is she? Not yet. No. She's, okay. she's pining hard for it. Though. All right. Is there any other veteran in that field? Buttigieg. 
Buttigieg. Well, he served. Yeah. Actively. Yeah. All right. So. That's why I said it might happen, but the safe bet is it's it, not. It, yeah. It, it is the safe bet, but I don't think it's the, I don't think it's a lock at all, but I think it's the safe bet. Like 60, 40, maybe. 40% still pretty high. The, the odds are higher than you think. Especially when you've got the president today on 9-11 talking about fake polls, and we're going to get into that in the overtime today, and stories about let's meet with Iran. I mean, the week of 9-11, let's, we were, we, let, let's think about inviting Taliban to, the, to Camp David and let's maybe meet with the figurehead in Iran. I had a WTF. When, I, I wasn't thinking about 9-11 when that story broke. It was just like another day of crazy. But yeah, yeah. In, then I thought the about it in the shadow of that. Are you yeah. kidding me? The week of 9-11, we're going to maybe have the Taliban <laughs> at Camp David and then let's, let's maybe meet with Iran. And yes, they're total hypocrites on this. They're all, they've, they, I mean, they wrote the original capitulation to Iran. Right. But these are Democrats, all right? I mean, it, yesterday, what it, it, it took three seconds. I, I tweeted out yesterday when Bolton re, w- resigned, fired, whatever happened Amen. in real time. I, I, I tweeted out right when I was saying it on the show, I was tweeting it. What's going to be funny is to now watch John Bolton, ultra hawk, who's never met a war he didn't like, is now going to be Mr. Reason to the orange man bad media. And, and, and Cheeto Jesus Saves is going to be like, this is why we haven't had good deals with the Iranians and North Koreans, because they, they're just such great deal makers, right? Three seconds after this. That long? Okay. Who's the idiot from Connecticut who's the real uh, Chris Murphy, is that the one I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yep. him, I always get him and Adam Schiff confused in terms of who's the absolute most craven, shameless opportunist in the Democratic Party in the Trump era. He is out there trashing uh, the letting go of, 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 uh, of, of Mr. Bolton. I almost said Michael Bolton. That's why I had to stop. I say Mr. Of John Bolton, okay? And, and, and when he was hired... He ripped the Trump White House for hiring this warmonger. And by the way, you know how I know that that's what he said? None other than Nate Silver, leftist progressive himself, the statistician at 538, called, it was so shameless and craven what Chris Murphy was doing that Nate Silver called him out for it. That's how bad it was. So yes, when they, when they go after him for wanting to meet with the Taliban in Iran, they're all going to be liars. Has that ever stopped these people though before? No. That's why it's not as it's not as much of a lock as you think it is. All right. Like if 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 we were if we were laying down ordinance on on some jihadist right now, it would the odds would go way up that they would never mention it. But the fact that we are thinking about cutting deals with the Taliban and Iran, yeah. The same people that would have cut even worse deals with them long ago, they'll shamelessly try to exploit it, sure. And if Joe Biden really wants to figure out where this whole thing is at, he should go whole hog on this thing. He should just stand up there. I'd like to do the Pledge of Allegiance, really, and find out where he I should, stand. The, the guy who stood up there and literally said at multiple campaign events, listen, if you like your current doctor, you're going to be able to keep it, with no self-awareness at all, should just stand up there and say, we don't need a president who makes crap deals with the Iranians. And just, I just want to see if he can do that with a straight face. Just see if any of the old, uh, the, the old uh, uh, Joe... Uh, is still there or if, or if, if, if that's how you'll know he's, he's senile and gone is if he just can't look at you with a straight face and, and, and fire off that blast. We don't need a president who makes shoddy deals with the terrorist regime in Iran. See if he can pull that one off. If he can, then maybe he's more electable than I thought. 
Well said. Eli Harris says there will be fewer than 25 points scored in the Cyhawk game. Sell. Sell. I don't think it'll be very high scoring, and the under has usually been, with limited exception, a solid play in this game. But um, but I can see where you're working. I mean, this is the most talented defense Iowa State has had maybe in decades, at least since 2000. You know Iowa plays defense every year, so I could see that. But but I don't think that's far fetched either. I I mean if the game is is twenty to is seventeen to ten, would you guys be shocked? No, no. I'm only just going to sell because you don't see that a lot in college football right now. But one of the places where you have seen uh, low totals like that, even last year's game, is Iowa and Iowa State. Yep. Uh, let's see. Nick says suggested titles for Republican and Democratic guidebooks, respectively. We'll do the uh, Republican one first. Granting the premise, the art of preemptively surrendering to own the libs. Yes. Bye. Bye. Uh, for the Democrats, the title of the book is The Narrative, A Historical Push Towards Godlessness. That's one of the yes. best we've ever had in the history yep. of this segment is that one right there. You could not have, you can maybe come up with different words, better words, who cares? But in terms of the spirit of what you are encapsulating there and summarizing, you can't you can't nail it any more than that. All right. So but, um, buy that one all day and twice on Sunday. See, me bueno. Moving on, we'll go to Mike Dion, who says a college football regular season schedule of 12 conference games, no championship game, and a 16 team playoff is superior to the current format of eight or nine conference games, one good non conference game, two or three cream puffs, and an uncompetitive conference championship game. So with a four-team indiv- in, in, invitational after that is, is, right. is a key point. Right. That's an easy buy. Yeah, I would agree. I would buy. Yep. As would I. You had me at no cream puffs. Yep. yep. And because you'd be more inclined with that expansive of a field, um, you're going to see more quality matchups because at that, at that point, you're, you're not so much concerned about one or even two losses. And secondly, that also means you're going to strength of schedule is going to be a major component in deciding who gets in and who does not. Although, can I say, I mean, th- what we've had how many years now, Steve? Are we six or this seven? Is, or we've had we? five years of it's this. Only been, so this is year it's, six, right? It's been infinitely 14, superior 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, to what we had before. So if we keep going in a direction of improving this, fine. But the, this, the, this I love the system we better. had before the BCS when we were kids. I love the nine New Year's Day bowl games, and you'd get up and well, never and, and and everything was decided that day, and you'd have votes. And con- I, I I miss those days of all those games. Oh, I. I agree, but those days are dead. I know. Moving on to Jim Larson, who says most entertaining day shows by far is when Todd laughs so hard he can't catch his breath, and Steve does likewise until he snorts. Bye. I I think we should probably let other people decide what are the most entertaining shows, rather than we sit around and, hey, guys, is wasn't this one of our most entertaining shows? So I got to hold on that. Dude Code says you can't, you can't, you know, get high on your own supply like that. I got to hold. You're buying, Todd? Oh, sure. Okay. And, and Daniel- Todd just runs right through the dude. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Daniel Hickman says, the Mandalorian is the future of Star Wars. Hope so. It's got to be. I th- the potential is there, given how the track record of the man behind it, that it, it, in terms of the future, in terms of setting the tone of what it will yep. look like after this trilogy is done, I think the potential for that is high, so I'll buy. And I'll say that, I mean, I don't know how unique I am, but... I've had this lament with you you guys before. I'm so frustrated. Like I 
I have to have Netflix. I have to have Hulu. I have to have something plus just to see everything. And you've said, yeah, you need to buy, instead of paying 50 bucks for one thing, you need to buy 10 here, 10 here. I, 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 this is the this whole Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney, Disney will all be bundled together in November. Uh, yeah. I am I am in on that bundle because of this show, and that takes a lot to move me on this stuff because I am old man uh, shaking his fist as a cloud with this stuff. So I'm in on this. I'm hoping it's true. I'm not even going digital. I've still yeah. got the cable yes. box with the cord. <laughs> yes. All right. Have, I'm taking it around with me in the room. All right. Uh, Coach AJ YC Youth B-Ball says Antonio Brown will not end the 1920 season with the Patriots. Well, I think the odds of that probably just went up. So, yeah, I'll buy. Please. I, I'm buying. Please. can the r- Talk radio has been dominated by this and the stupid watch thing with the other wide receiver. OB, OBJ, can, yeah. You, s- stop. Wearing a $189,000 watch out there on this a football field. This is what field. we... Everybody, the talking heads, everybody just has to... These are, move them aside. Especially they are a distraction because, uh, to the greatness of football. The, the games are here. It's not yes. the preseason or yeah. training camp. Why do we have to? Yeah. Why do we have to contrive these stupid storylines? That was the first thing that a very popular host talked about on his show this morning. Yep. I. Ugh, it's just. Drives me you know what else sucks? Losing your hair. Uh, so what you may not know about that is the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT. And now there's a possible solution. The FDA approved two hair treatment products to help control your DHT and prevent you from losing your hair. It even uh, can trigger hair regrowth in a good percentage of guys. But until now, those products were very expensive and you had to visit your doctor to get them. But here's the good news. You know Keeps, right? Well, Keeps offers the generic versions of those two approved hair care products. So not only are they up to 90% effective, now they're also totally affordable. With Keeps, you can save your hair without ever having to leave your couch. Answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. Then it's shipped discreetly to your door, and now I can even get you a special deal. Go to keeps.com slash stop. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash stop for your free online doctor consult and get your first month of hair treatments for free. So the consult is free. The first month of treatment is free as well. Keeps.com slash stop is where you go to take advantage of this offer. K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash stop. All right, when we come back, it's our weekly profit of Woe and Lamentation. Daniel Horowitz is going to be joining us. And we're going to get his thoughts on 9-11 18 years later, but i got to lead off by asking him his what uh, his opinion is on John Bolton out at the White House. Get his take on that. So that and more with Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review next. Stay tuned. You know, most of us have tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity stored up in our homes. It's our savings account, maybe a retirement nest egg, or quick cash, should there be an emergency. Well, now imagine when you go to cash that in, your equity is gone, stolen by online thieves. It's called home equity theft, and the FBI is calling it now. One of America's fastest growing crimes, and that's because thieves have discovered that your home titles, mortgages are kept online now. They hack in there. They forge a few documents. It appears that you've sold your home, and they take out own or they take out loans using your equity and your home as collateral. 
sticking you with the payments, maybe even or for closure notice. You may already be a victim of equity theft and not know it. No bank or identity theft program protects you, but Home Title Lock does for just pennies a day. They put a firewall around your home's online title and mortgage, and the moment, the instant they detect any tampering, they mobilize to shut it down. So protect your most valuable asset from equity thieves. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, enter your address, find out if you're already a victim. And register now while you're there for 60 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. 60 risk-free days of protection for your most important investment at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Great to be with you. Happy Patriots Day. Same to you. I want to definitely get your thoughts on 9-11 18 years later, but there's a couple of pressing political items I've got to ask you about first before we get there. All right. Yesterday, the firing slash resignation, depending on who you talk to, of National Security Advisor John Bolton. Uh, your thoughts on that story and what it means uh, for our audience. Sure. I don't see any good coming out of it, but I'm just saying John Bolton is a very complicated figure. Um, foreign policy is not two dimensional. It's 10 dimensional. There's a lot of different issues, a lot, a lot of different theaters, a lot of different permutations of policy. I agreed with him on some. I disagreed on others. The problem is that for those in the audience, so some I'm sure like him, for those that didn't like him, my warning is that the ones who will replace him, the type of people who will replace him, will have all of his vices but not his virtues. That's kind of the problem here. Um Trump is right to be leery of the Afghanistan war, the Iraq war, all this stuff. The problem is what he seems to be mouthing off about is North Korea. And that's where Bolton was good on. He was good on Iran. Um, so, I, you know, th there's doing the right things for the wrong reasons. And I just also want to point out, and this ties into what I'm going to say on 9-11, I am vehemently against having our soldiers die on the sword of Islam, nation building in a combat zone, in uh, a 21-way tribal warfare in Afghanistan. But bringing Taliban to negotiate at Camp David is a different story. So I disagree. I, I don't think Bolton understood Afghanistan properly. But at the same time, I think he was right just about that decision in the vacuum, the Camp David stuff. So there's a lot of different things going on here. But at the end of the day, he, his administration is gonna, just going to look more chaotic. And you're just going to have... It's like either kind of the traditional neocons or the State Department people. So now it will just be the State Department people taking over. It's not going to be America first people. So what we had before was let's have our soldiers continue to stand around there and get uh, blown up in Afghanistan for no uh, valid reason. While at the same time, we are um, uh, ball washing the fiend in Pyongyang in public. Um, while he defies every uh, everything we were told that uh, he said to Trump he would do in the open, um, and we and and then we turn around and uh, our president lets him off the hook for the for the for the killing of Otto Warmbier uh, at the exact same time, and now we're gonna and 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 we're gonna have Jared out there negotiating with Hamas like they really have some kind of claim uh, to the Holy Land, and now. We're gonna have um, we're gonna we're gonna maybe cut a new deal with Iran, and we're gonna reverse that to, okay, we're we're gonna treat the Taliban as equals by inviting them to Camp David on nine eleven week, and then do all those things. 
So we just went from one side of the worst of both worlds to the other. Am I am I reading that right? No, exactly. I, I mean, there is no conservative vision, clarity of purpose on a single issue. But when it comes to foreign policy, forget it. I mean, there's nothing there. There's false dichotomies, false choices. And to me, I think it stems from a lack of understanding of what 9-11 was and what it wasn't and what we should have done about it, what we should still do in this day and age. What is a threat? What isn't a threat? What's a threat that requires the military? What's a threat that requires soft power and sanctions? What's a threat that requires mm -hmm. the use of solid alliances and the right tools of statecraft? And 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 what threats are more just homegrown and home homeland? Well, they're rival dogmas. Is, these are rival dogmas, right? And so yep. you've got a, you've got the Bolton dogmatic view of the world, okay? Uh, from what and he's not a neocon. It, it's more complicated than that. You're right, yeah. okay? Um, then you have you know the uh, the 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 non-interventionist dogmatic view of the world, and then you have Trump's view of the world, which is he's just such a great deal maker. That he can cut deals with even the worst people on planet Earth and the world will be better off for it. And so you have all of these dogmas now that are yeah. that are vying for 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 affection and and attention in this White House, when in reality, you you can't if we if we haven't learned anything in these 18 years, all of the mistakes we have made, in my view, stem from our attempts to impose a dogma to parts of the world and situations and cultures that predate all of our dogmas as Americans by centuries. And they don't really care. And they, th this is different than any other foreign policy threat or world we have ever faced before. And that's again why I loved his speech in Riyadh back in May of 2017. I thought it was the best foreign policy vision we've had by a president since 9-11. And it was really simple, which is your business isn't our business unless you make it our business. If you do, we will make you rue the day that your mommy and daddy ever hooked up that night. But if you don't, then we've got nothing to say. You stay out of our way, we'll stay out of yours. That to me is the way to roll. Okay. And it just seems like first it was Rex Tillerson as secretary of state undermining that message after he gave it. And now it seems like his own white house is undermining it at the exact same time. So I, I wish he would just return to that case by case vision, Daniel. And that's the problem with everything with Trump. You got his own luggage uh, tethered to the pre-existing problems with so-called conservatives and Republicans. No one is giving a vision. So he is not going to be the steady, eddy, consistent guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to do the Trump stuff. And what it means to be a Trump is to, to on the deals, one hand, make deals, be a fabulous well, deal maker. Well, well, on the one hand, have a little bit of moral clarity on certain issues, what we're doing wrong. Put America first. Why are we owning other people's dumpster fires? But then kind of contradicted get tough on Iran, but weak on Iran, tough on the Palestinians, but then negotiate. Um, Kim Jong fat boy, but then, man, we really, you know, that that's my latest project to kiss up to him. I don't, he, the problem didn't start with him. It's just absent any vision, which clearly there is none, which I've been trying to give for about a decade on foreign policy. Um, he's going to go his own way and it's, it's going to reflect the schizophrenic nature of the personnel in his administration, just like the border policies do one day you got Cuccinelli right. winning out one day you got McAleenan winning right. out. this is why I, this is why despite some disagreements I have with Bolton I was a huge advocate of him being there all along because he was going to because of everything you just said he was going to provide a perspective because when he's yeah. right he's really right and there was going to yes. be no one else communicating 
about the stuff that he's right about. So at least we would get that. You know what I'm trying to, if, if, if you view this White House as essentially, you know, a, a witch's brew, you know, a dash of this and a, and a teaspoon of that, and, and, you, and, and then, you know, an eye of newt and a wing of bat, and you stir it all together, it, at least we knew the wing of bat was going to get in there, all right? You may not like the whole taste of the wing of bat, but there is some of the wing of bat that has to be in the stew, otherwise it doesn't taste right. This is, one of, this is a terrible analogy, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> in other words, if you want Tucker Carlson's vision of the world, you're not going to get that with the departing of Bolton, even though Tucker's very happy about it, because the reality is, in his stead, you're not going to get someone more aggressive on the border. Right. And you're not going to get someone who... Not to mention, if you're trying to avoid path wars with Iran and North Korea, capitulating to them is the exact worst thing to do to avoid that occurring. But also, you're not going to get us out of this humanitarianism Mm -hmm. in Somalia and Syria. It's not going to change. So I had my disagreements with Bolton very vehemently on a lot of things, but that's my problem. That you're you're not going to get that. You're going to get the a holes in the State Department. Yep. Which Pompeo is the Javanka vest. The, the the Javanka vision is what you're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. One more thing on this. The president any minute now is supposed to announce a unilateral banning of vaping products in America. Did you know presidents could just ban private products that are perfectly legal? Is that anywhere in the Constitution? That's a whole separate conversation, all right? But for now, what kind of reelect message is, I invited the Taliban to come to Camp David 9-11 week. Let me, let me capitulate to Iran so I can get some photo op with the with the uh, you know essentially the guy who's the front of the actual operation he's not even in charge of the country all right and now i'm going to ban a perfectly legal product unilaterally while telling you i'm so much different than the democrats what the hell kind of reelect message is that do you know it's the type of reelect message that takes a district that Romney and Trump won by 12% to last night Republicans won it by 2% and they think it's a great victory. Now, it's better than losing it, which they might have been slated to lose it, so they're happy they didn't lose it, but that still demonstrates that there has been a sea shift in way too many traditionally Republican voting blocks in certain suburban areas voting for people who are way too radical Mm -hmm. for their for their likings. That is reflective of not every day banging away on the winning issues. You guys are releasing repeat felons. You guys are releasing repeat criminal aliens. Let me just tell you what a winning issue is. Just real briefly. I'm not supposed to report this, but I'll say it anyway to your audience. I could tell you that Montgomery County, Maryland officials are privately meeting today as we speak with ice a little bit of sunlight from me kevin lewis of abc7 news a couple other people there and ken cuccinelli really piling on no one else no one in congress congressional republicans not the dhs secretary nobody in the white house trump himself i don't know if he's ever tweeted about montgomery county that was enough in a one-sided county there's only one party. There's there is no Republican Party there. The Democrats can't lose. They really feel the pressure of releasing sex offenders. Like, hey, maybe maybe we'll work with you a little bit. Imagine if we had a sustained fight, training our fire on them every yep. day on this issue. What would the suburban vote look like then? So we're back to something you and I have discussed. Where where this president's presidency and really back to his campaign as president from for years now, which is. We're getting the maximum backlash of taking positions 
that we never actually then get any benefit for acting on, right? That, that's, that is the reoccurring theme. We, we do everything we can to fire up the other side's base, all right? And, 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 and they've never said racist, misogynist. We were, we, were all, we were all racist, misogynist, xenophobic, homophobic bigots before Trump came down an escalator. But they've never meant it as angrily as they do right now. So we get all of that. And then you get the soft-headed suburbanites where you and I live that, you know, just like the Marco Rubio dimpled uh, Republicans who don't cause any conflict. So we're alienating them at the same time that we're firing up the other side's base. But then we're actually not fulfilling any of the policy wins that might justify this collateral damage, right? Have we not had this conversation before? On 9-11 itself, again, just to segue into it, the source of the problem at its heart there's more to talk about, but first and foremost was an immigration visa problem. It was an immigration problem. Just this week, all the administration, military brass are meeting with Trump. He's setting their annual refugee cap, demanding that he increase it and not set it at zero as he should. And where's our movement pushing Trump to the right? So he gets accused of doing that from the, by the left. But no, we're going to brag. See, we told you Trump's not a racist. We're going to take even more refugees. That's what we're going to do, right? That's, that that <laughs> no, is I mean, what we're going to do. You and I both know that's what those are the clicks we're going to throw out there. You know what it is. And Steve, Steve, I, I want to segue into 9-11. I, I, I want to explain to you what, what we did after 9-11. Last week in Miami, this guy, Abdul Yabadabadu, like five names. I, I, I forgot it. Came here from Iraq, was indicted for stuffing foam into the one of the areas of the control center in the cockpit and an American Airlines flight. He was an engineer for American Airlines. And I thought to myself, so we're making everyone stand buck naked at airlines, casting a wide net on broad constitutional rights. And then we have brought in, by my count... 2.2 million on green cards and roughly the same amount on visas from 47 predominantly Muslim countries since 9-11, a level we have never done in our history. No way of vetting them. We have brought in because of the Iraq war. We go there and bring them here so they don't attack us here. We brought in 188,000 since 2009 through the third quarter of 2018. We brought in about 130,000 from Afghanistan. We brought in about 100,000 from Yemen, and I can go on and on. I have it um, at my latest article, a conservative review. I have a spreadsheet of it, a, a graphic of it. And you, you know what it's like doing? I live outside of Baltimore, and it's like – you know, it, 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 it's not downtown, and once in a while you can get spillover problems, but you don't really have the problems. Downtown, you're not going to solve it. I don't know what you do about that. The Bloods and the Crips, I, I don't know what you do about that. But what I can do is ensure my home is safe. Mm -hmm. So let's say I make a mistake and go downtown and bring someone from downtown into my home, and God forbid they cause a problem. And I respond to that by going downtown, refereeing the Bloods and the Crips, getting my head chopped off, and then hanging up signs to bring in people from both sides of it to my home. That's essentially what we've done since 9-11. That's it. That, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. You, an, you answered every question I, I've already asked and was going to ask you. Well done, my friend. Uh, we will do it again next week. All right, take care. Take care. God bless. <sighs>
I'm going to get you guys' final thoughts here in a moment. But if you've ever wondered why you can't seem to make some of the healthcare goals that you've been striving and working hard for, can't control your appetite, you're working out in the gym, but you're still not seeing the gains you had hoped, Yeah, it, it, it's because our brains were wired for survival. Uh, they, they tell our body to store and um, accumulate more calories. And luckily, though, your body has a, has a check and balance. It's a molecule it produces called OEA that goes from the belly to the brain that lets the brain know when the belly is full. But just for too many of us, that molecule isn't as good or strong as it needs to be. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It's the only FDA-accepted supplement of OEA. That's all that it is. It's not caffeine. It's not chemicals. It's not stimulants. It's just about putting that OEA in the body to strengthen that signal to make the brain know, hey, I'm full. I can stop eating. This is a great way to help you control cravings, your portion sizes, etc. And right now, you can get it. To, it, it it's vegetarian, gluten-free too. So if you've got some food allergy issues that you're worried about navigating it answers those objections as well all right so right now you can get it 30 percent off a three-month supply if you just use my name steve as a promo code 30 percent off a three-month supply when you go to the website riduzone.com that's r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e for riduzone.com gentlemen your thoughts on the conversation we just had with daniel horowitz Aaron? yeah i mean this is this is the uh, this is the world that we live in pretty much every day. Uh, it's just in you know concentrated form when Daniel comes on. There's no there's no or at least very little recourse, and at least I'm being as as kind as possible at the national level for liberty minded people, and we're left to to wonder true liberty minded people like actually know what it takes and know what it means to be self governing. And so you're left to wonder how many of those people are actually out there and how many people just want to own the libs. That example that Daniel gave, just with a little bit of light shed on Mount Montgomery County, Maryland, from a few people, uh, is enough to actually get something, something going, something started in that county as it, as it pertains to, you know, the whole, uh, what is that called? Uh, enforcing... Um, enforcing laws yeah just a little bit of attention <laughs> and uh that's that's where we're maybe hopefully headed in that county but yet most of the time we just went oh did you see what trump said at this rally last night did you see his twitter account this morning that's what that's what i think a lot of people want todd quickly yeah fitting that uh, daniel there was some optimism in his voice though on 9-11 somehow despite the darkness you know you just you, you don't want to stop fighting and so um we won't we're going to stick around, do a little overtime on last night's special election in North Carolina, what it may or may not mean uh, for our Blaze TV subscribers. BlazeTV.com slash Dace if you want to subscribe. For the rest of you, see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.